This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis with Rush Tech Support, specializing in IT and technology for accountants, CPAs, bookkeepers, and everybody in the accounting space. And with us today is Ford Baker, the CEO of Baco Tech. And today we're going to be discussing workflow management, how products like Baco Tech can help accountants with workflow management. And it's a really interesting story about his background and how he got to where he's at now. And so Ford, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And um, so we we had uh, identified before the show, he just got here on his bike just in time for the recording. And so would you like to give a little background yeah. on, so, <laughs> background on yourself? background on the the bike situation yeah i'm not being interrogated but if you see me just a little bit it's not a terribly long commute but it doesn't take much in texas to get a little bit of a sweat so um but yeah i i started riding a bike um first of all i'd spent 30 plus years as a cpa in public accounting the last 20 plus um in my own firm and so i uh in 2012 i had gotten up to 400 pounds. I was kind of a mess and uh, taking a lot of different medication. I had a light bulb moment. And by 2014, I had actually lost about close to half my body weight. Um, I've got my COVID-19 back on now, but you know, Hey, we're, we're all working on <laughs> getting doesn't? over this, but, um, but yeah, I had a, uh, um, uh, I, I just had a desire to, oh, by, I'm sorry, by, 2014, I rode my bike down the Pacific Coast Highway from Canada to Mexico and um, you know, took off a month of July. And a lot of things had changed in my practice over the past two years, some things I found to be more efficient, but I kind of came locked in on solutions. Um, I never wanted to go back. And this idea of Baco Tech with our CPA firm, Baco Group, which stands for Baker and Company, but that was what we, uh, uh, what was kind of formed out of it. And we made some early connections and actually got to start a company. So, so during that time, were you running into any obstacles with the with your accounting firm while you were doing that? Like how, about how long? It was January or July, like the month of July. I'm I'm not familiar with how long. I'd I'd imagine it's a long car ride, so I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a you ride. I started riding on the last day of June and. My anniversary is at the end of July, so the 26th, we stopped in, I was uh, pretty much close to San Diego, um, wherever that Tom Cruise movie was filmed at, Oceanside, yeah, Oceanside. So we had our anniversary in Oceanside, then I did my final ride through San Diego to the to the coast, um, down on the fence at, with Mexico. And so I, um, that's kind of where the, um, but, uh, yeah, so it took a month. And during that time, were were you focused on the company at all, or was was your team running it for you? 
So um, I would I would ride somewhere between um, on the low end fifty and on the high end one hundred miles a day um, each each day I rode, and so I was trying to block off some time in the afternoon, but my wife would ride to the next hotel and she would shop a little bit. We connect. So I really did get a chance to unplug. Um, and the team wasn't super excited to pick up for us, but I, um, you know, it's kind of what I, what <laughs> I, what I did. And it's, it's where, uh, Julie learned how to manage my partner. And so, um, uh, it was a, it ended up being a really good thing. So that's, that's the beginning when you had that light bulb moment. So tell us a little bit about what, uh, Baco Tech is and how that helps accountants. Well, it, it, over the process of from 2012 to 2014, I'm, I start to build some definite boundaries around my practice and I didn't want to, I didn't allow, I, you know, I bought a separate cell phone and things like that so that I could create separation between work and life. My work spilled over. I had a cot at the office. I was uh, working hundred hour weeks. I have, you know, 400 emails the day before the deadline with, you just can't keep up with all of that. It was so hectic and frustrating. So I, I did a lot of things the industry was focused on, but when I started to try to create some things that I thought would be efficient, um, uh, I found that uh, my solution providers weren't providing everything I had. I had become a little frustrated with the concept of what did we do last year, which is kind of our, every CPA understands that phrase. It's, that's how we do everything, but it's different for every single client. Mm-hmm. And so there's real no efficiency in there. And I just started down a path of trying to create some efficiencies. And what I saw was that I understood my problems and I could make a, a, a better uh, solution than anything that was out there. Um, eventually in 2020, we were actually able to build that out as Bacotech. So it's functional for everybody, not just myself. So it's a, so you were excited. You are the original uh, client and testimonial. So coming from the CPA background, you weren't just a tech guy that was kind of saying like, I guess we could make this for CPAs and see what they think about it. You were the CPA that needed the technology to exist. So you've made it for you to solve your problem. Yes, it was a, that's a big contention on, you know, um, on what I, when I'm, taught efficiency and things like that is that, you know, accountant problems need accounting solutions, not um, people that aren't in our space. And so um, we understand our problems better than anybody at any of the big, you know, Intuit or Thomson Reuters or Walters Kluwer's case where we understand our pain points better than they do. And so um, kind of our, I'm about to talk at the AICPA conference. If you want to to want to bridge into the, um, the name of the topic is how accounting technology broke public accounting. And um, that's a lot of what we talk about is that uh, we just had the wrong technology. I'm not some old codger back in my day, but I did start with a paper workflow and we were more efficient, more effective. Staff was happier. Clients were happier in a paper workflow than we have now. And that's not the truth anymore. And so um, but what, was true back then. We created our own solutions so that we could work around the fact that we didn't have computers on our desk and things like that um, is not true now. We rely on other people to solve the problems for us and they just don't understand what we do as well as we do. And so I sought out to do something that would change how I would work on tax returns. And eventually we saw how it really could change how the entire industry. 
And I'm sure just like any other organization and any other software, you probably had a vision going into it. And then maybe it shifted direction as, as you learned more, or has this been, you, you knew exactly what you wanted day one. And that's, that's exactly what happened. What did your journey look like? Um, I, there was a day I kind of got this opportunity with a client of mine to create this, um, uh, system that, that would be all through Excel, but I had access to a couple of their programmers. They had ultimately over 70 QuickBooks desktop files, and I could consolidate all of that information and issue compliance certificates, um, things like that for their investors every month. They had all of this infrastructure, but if at the this point, they didn't really have a degree accountant on staff. And so I needed to keep the books clean. They all had to be on a gap basis. And I got to the point I could manage all of that in about four hours a week. I'd go out on Wednesday afternoons and once a month I would produce the financials and I could produce the financials in about 30 minutes without opening up any QuickBooks files after I post the, after they posted the last adjustments. So I was a very efficient process and it wasn't just the financials that I saw the efficiency with. It was the fact that I could get all of the data. Um, and so I created what I call the accounting machine and I thought I fixed busy season. And that's literally the initial vision I had. Um, if you're designing your platform in Excel and you've got a staff that's working for you and you're saying, I've got the accounting machine, I think I fixed busy season and it's got a lot of Excel functionality that you gotta be a pretty advanced Excel user. It became a real big pain point that um, it was easy to recruit against me. If they went, if somebody, if a headhunter called, oh, they were wasting their time, um, they're wasting their energy working for something like that. So I had to kind of really um, um, zone in and find what it was I actually fixing. What did I actually see? Because I, I knew I was going to be a lot more efficient, but those tax returns were massive and, uh, you know, multi-state, things like that. And I could really, really crank them out. Um, so I had to find out what was the actual culprit. Well, it wasn't just busy season, what caused busy season. Um, and uh, that, that's what we ultimately figured out, um, um, what took place back in the 90s when the desktop computer took over, how how we changed. Um, and, and the industry ended up as broken as it's been for the past 30 years, my entire career. So what did your busy season look like this year as opposed to prior years in using, I mean, you've used the technology, but just how did this most recent one look? And especially with all the changes that had happened in CARES Act and all the like new things, I mean, they're always so, spitting out changes, but how did it look for you? I just described the past three years as kind of the perfect summary because I had access to a lot of the data. We had already become a lot more efficient than everybody else. And so I come into 2000 in 2019, when I'm preparing 2018 tax returns, we were clipping along at about a 85% uh, realization rate. So um, 80, 85% was a, if my billing rates, $300 an hour, we were collecting around 240. Um, we started our patent, we made our patent application and we did a, a couple of things um, um, to start building out the platform and got connected with with uh, one of our vendors, which ended up interesting some venture capital. So we, we formed an actual separate company, but 
And so in 2020, we roll into the pandemic, we think we're going to be selling directly to CPAs at conferences during the summer of 2020, kind of laughable now. And the pandemic kind of blew all of that up. So we really got 10 months to focus in on just our product as we rebuilt it out and start connecting with CPAs after they got finished with October 15th. But in 2020, we did all of the TPP loans for free for our clients, all the loan forgiveness for free. And my realization rate went from 85% to 143% for the firm. Um, in 2021, now that we've had a full year in our workflow, um, everything we're working on, we're working on all of our tax returns real time. So in 2021, we, uh, we're now, we bill on a flat fee. So it's a subscription base, but we're um, same group of clients. We finished 90% of those before March 31st. Um, we're projecting somewhere between a 250 and 300% realization. We feel like we can double the volume of the firm without adding staff for the first time in a long time. I, uh, I know what it's like for, for staff to be finished with a job, but you know, we're still paying the bills because we bill on a flat fee. We're just doing a lot more work and a lot less time. And that's mm -hmm. what efficiency and technology built by somebody that understands the problem actually looks like compared to what everybody else sees. So yeah, from a firm standpoint, yeah, we've gone massively through the roof. So twice as many clients without hiring staff, that sounds like a pretty good situation for a business to be in because I mean, staffing and we're, you know, also in service industry and staffing is one of our largest expenses, but at the same time, you know, can you put necessarily a price on this person and that person and that person, like having the people and doubling the clients, I think is a perfect scenario because the percentage of wages is down as a result, as a, as it's relative to the revenue, but the top line is going up. The bottom line is going up. If you're not increasing your costs, or there's only, you know, marginal fractions based on, okay, you've got more paper, more processing fees, you know, the things that scale up with more clients, but that's incredible that you've been able to double without increasing staff on something that historically is predominantly the more clients you have, the more staff you need. And you've just shown that you guys didn't need to do that, which is incredible on a business perspective. So was this something that you had anticipated as far as the results that you'd be able to achieve with your software? Or was this more of, we knew this is going to happen? Or was it, hey, look at this. It's even better than we thought. Where, where did it fall in with your expectations? It's exponentially better than we thought. Certainly, if I said I think I fixed busy season, then um, well, I, I thought we would see a day that accountants would have a you know forty hour CPAs could have a forty hour week year round, um, and that's literally the other kind of jaw dropping thing about what we do is the same amount of returns that in two thousand nineteen I filed ninety percent of those tax returns in August and September. In 2020, in September, I was on top of Mount Aspen in Colorado riding my bicycle because I'd finished all the returns prior to the deadline. It, despite the pandemic, despite the PPT loans for free, despite all that, we finished before the deadline. In 2021, we finished 90% of our tax returns by March 31st, um, full six months earlier than we did before. And we did it without working any overtime. So um, we have uh, 
if it had been for the freeze in Texas, where my my account was lost a two week average, we'd have done it without extensions because uh, we lost that two weeks. Uh, everybody lost a week. I had one one of my staff members that was, you know was in a, the apartment complex that burned down. She was almost out three weeks, so we had a almost two week average that people were out around that period of time during tax season. The rest of Texas got an extension to June fifteenth, and we finished fifteen days prior to the original. April 15th deadline with 90% of the business returns in, in our in our in our workflow. We were waiting on a lot of K1s from other people. They did not have that expertise, but uh experience, but we we certainly did. And so part of the growth strategy, you had kind of pointed to this before. So you're going to be speaking at the AICPA conference. And was that part of the strategy for just big picture? You had mentioned going to conferences and selling to CPAs at the conferences. And, you know, I've, I've been following you on uh, LinkedIn for, for the better part of a year now and seeing, you know, the process that you guys are going through and the patents and all the, the growth. And I'm just curious, just on a personal level, was, was this always part of the plan or were these things that you had worked with a marketing strategist that said, this is the direction you need to go? Or was this just like the software where you saw the ways that you connected with people as a CPA and vendors at trade shows was that sort of just your experience and then you're replicating or was it suggested to you? Um, no, we, we, we certainly learned that we would have to be at conferences um, and teaching um, what we're, what, what we have would be the most effective way to get there. But meeting people and shaking their hands was our goal. Um, we were going to try to drive some content. Obviously I am a CPA North of Dallas in a residential neighborhood with a small firm uh, I don't have it. It had no sort of uh, reference to work off of, you know, prior to coming into this. So, you know, uh, my the, the communications team just reached out to a lot of solution providers and we got a chance to start to talk to them about what the technology looked like um, when we started the game. We've been on accounting web now and had a couple of things uh, because of the patent. We picked up some attention and so I have a little bit more relevancy and now I can actually speak on the uh, or have a little more authority. Um, they see what I've done. I've talked to a lot of people, so I can actually speak on the topic. Um, when they moved the dates, um, if a, a, a spot became available, typically you you can't get at this conference, um, you know. But we um, we submit an application, got approved. Um, they watched a couple of videos, and we'll get a chance to talk about accounting technology and uh, the impact it had on on our industry. And so with with the technology and with the ability that you have to grow your firm without having to increase expenses and things like that, where do you see, you know, your own firm falling in, say everybody, all other firms now are using your software, which is a perfect thing. But then what's that look like on the other side? And this is something, you know, we, we deal with as well. So I'm curious of your side, but if, if everybody starts using Baco tech, you know, it's ubiquitous with it's, it's like the, the QuickBooks, but of workflow management and everyone else is using it. And now everybody can do uh, twice the returns at the same rate. And then maybe, you know, the race to the bottom begins. Well, now we're so efficient 
we can just charge a whole lot less since our expenses don't go up. How do you see that playing into your own organization? Um, so it, I, I just say that because when I talk about how accounting technology broke public accounting, what happened after we got accounting technology prior to then, we had two distinct workflows that was a kind of a standard in a firm that did not have any computers. We had clients that had uh, accountants and clients that didn't have accountants. And the clients that had accountants typically had some sort of accounting software that was on like an IBM mainframe, a big giant printouts on white paper for general ledgers and things like that. And the account clients without uh, accountants didn't have accounting software and they sent us checks and things like that. And so we actually, um, as the technology advanced, long story short, our strategic error at that point was we started to treat clients with accounting software like we used to treat clients with accountants. And we became focused on this balance-based workflow that's always gonna be reactive. We're not ever gonna be able to do accounting in it. Um, and our solutions are all built on adjusting balances at the end of the year. Um, it's a much more laborious process than it ever was before when I was literally hand adding up expenses and using T accounts and things like that. Um, but we, um, so our difference is we're collecting transactions real time and creating our own balance and um, we're using accounting standards to connect with the accounting packages. So we're not limited by what their chart of accounts looks like, what their account numbers look like or anything like that. We're focused on what real standards are out there and that's created an efficiency that I can onboard and map a tax return in less than a minute. Know everything about that tax return without any, um, with, with barely any stops, as opposed to if I want to bring that data into my workflow, all the manual manipulation, if you know, have account numbers, don't have account numbers, how are they formatted, to go clean up, what about sub accounts and sub and sub and sub accounts, we have such a nightmare to deal with. It can take 30, 45 minutes just to get the data out and get it integrated in our workflow and realize at that point retained earnings didn't flow or somebody contacts you and says, hey, we reconciled the final credit card, got that done for December and all the balances changed and there was nothing set up in that process, but I've got to go back out, export everything to Excel, manipulate all the stuff again, do it all over again. Another 30 minute loss, that, that issue, you don't have any of that. We connect the data, we pull it in, we know we map every line to go to a spot on the right spot on a tax return by using firm standards and industry standards. Um, we do it in less than a, a, a minute and we create real-time notifications to tell staff, tell CPAs, hey, yesterday a client put something in, ask my accountant. If they didn't put something in the memo, I can shoot an email back to them or I can answer that question now and without even opening the software, QuickBooks, I can push it back into QuickBooks Online or Sage or whatever. So it's, it's a very efficient upfront process that gives us over a year to work on tax returns. Wow. But yes, that, that, that broken point uh, at the beginning of the, the story that I started my segue into this, realizing that the transactions were what created real efficiency um, before. Uh, we understand how to code the transactions. Think we just didn't run into the problems we have had since clients started to send us balances at the end of the year. We don't know how they're going to come, what format they're going to come in, when they're going to come, if they're even going to be right. They're just never going to be enough. You need the underlying transactions to update fixed asset schedules and things like that. If that happened yesterday, when I do it today from the platform, touch it once, two minutes or less, update a depreciation schedule and start working real time with clients um, on an accrual basis for them and automated on a cash basis for your clients. We'll take care of that automation efficiently, effectively to convert it over. So a client can actually 
get a tax basis and income statement and accrual basis financial side by side with a real idea of what taxable incomes looks like way before the beginning of the year. That creates that efficiency. Clients surprised. You're not surprised and you're way ahead of the curve. And so then you don't get slammed in tax season because it's already been handled throughout the year and you're not scrambling to get every last piece together. Or then you say to the clients, send me your bank statements. And then they send you a balance sheet. And it's like, no, this <laughs> send a bank statement. It's like, uh, here's, here's, here's a picture. It's like, no, just send me the statement. We, we run into a, that. Well, it, 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 if you talk about bank statements, the concept that I just described already exists. It's already in the wild. Everybody already uses it. It's online banking. Online banking is not powerful because they send you a PDF at the end of the month with a balance on it in your email. That's not, that's how we get our trial balances. They come in Excel, but you know, they email us that, that information. The power of online banking is that the bank and the accounting software talks together real time. And at this point, I can create really efficient automation that says, if I spend money at Staples, automatically post that into um, into uh, into a um, office expense. So that automation doesn't happen on a balance like we work with. It happens on an individual transaction level. So our, what our patent is, and the reason I patented it was specifically for CPAs. If we're going to have this technology hand off to a um, to sort of a knowledge-based program where accountants are setting up automation at the end of the year. I want to save it for our industry. I don't want somebody on the other side of the planet to be doing all of this. So um, we're working direct. I have phone calls in with CPA.com to reserve this, to be something that preserves for us, what our industry looks like. Um, Certainly I want to save the idea from somebody taking it um, and going to the other side of the planet. And so my, my desire for us to have be a more efficient organization uh, entity, it's going to help us a lot with clients. We look incompetent. Uh, we get kicked around for a really, really complicated space because um, we're not proactive. We don't talk to people until after the fact, but it's, we just can't be proactive in a reactive workflow. If you give me December 31st balances in April, how can I be uh, the following year? How can I be proactive with that data? The only way I can, be proactive on April 30th is if I have all the transactions through April 29th and that then now I can be proactive. And that's what we effectively do. And the billable hours and the consultative piece of understanding the data, that's where I know a lot of accountants, they want to be in the consultative space. They want to be helping their clients minimize tax liability or grow their organization, you know, whatever the, whatever the end goal is for the clients. And that's where you can't just throw it into an algorithm and say, well, based on your transactions at Staples, we think you're planning for an exit and here's the best way to prepare your numbers. You know, there's, there has to be conversations and understanding and having the experience. And frankly, the, I mean, the way I look at it, you know, from the outside perspective is okay. All those things that you can automate, they get automated and the people that depend on that you know, they're going to be kicked to the curb, but I think, you know, just like body processes, right? Like how frequently today did you think about your breathing? 
Like, unless you were meditating, it's, it's probably not high on the priority list of things that you consciously think about still extremely important, but it's automatically happening and you can, you know, look at it and focus it, try to optimize it and spend all day. Okay. I need to breathe in. Okay. Now breathe out. Okay. Breathe in now breathe out. Or you can just let the automated process take care of it and do literally anything else because these now, now I'm like thinking about everything as I'm talking, but these low level automatic things, you know, that's how these transactions can be handled. It's low level, you know, everybody, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. And if you can automate it, then that used to be the skill set because it couldn't be automated. But now that it can, the people who are in a spot like yourself that have years and years of experience and have seen multiple clients and multiple scenarios and how they played out and the experience that you can share. These aren't just things that, well, the algorithm said your next move is this because you've got all that experience and all those things built in. And that's what people are going to be paying for. Not the, you know, count these pennies and, make sure my balance sheet is balanced. So much of that is automated now, but if you can say, move this here, do this, here's how we optimize this and how this plays into the big scheme of things. And that is all billable hours. You're providing more value to the clients. You're putting more money in your pocket. You're doing more fulfilling work and all of the grunt work can just be automated because it's not where you're going to be making the best use of your skill set. It's, you know, important that you understand it and can do it. But the value that I see for most accountants is they want to be doing the consultative work. They want to be in the proactive planning. And just like you said, how am I going to be proactive when you're presenting me December and we are in April? I'm already four months reactive and I'm still waiting on finding out more things to be reactive to, there's no way that you can really provide all your value without having that real time. And I think that's such an important thing. And I know that I want to be very conscious of your time, Ford. Um, where can people find out more about you and Bacotech? Bacotech.com. It's B-A-C-O-Tech dot com. Um, my email is Ford at bacotech.com Ford, like the automobile automobile. Um, I can be found on Twitter through Ford CPA, or you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, I would, um, add kind of, a, kind of that wrap up spot, um, to, to say that we have got a, um, if you think about what you just said and the consultative nature of what you just said and how they want to bring things in and you look at what the workflow looks like on the old side versus the new side, if the IRS audits a client of ours, they do a keyword search for the word gift and everywhere the word gift shows up in the memo, they limit that line to 25 bucks right off the bat. That's how the IRS tests to determine have you got gift. There's a lot of case law around what's a gift and what isn't a gift. Um, you can start telling your clients when they use the word gift in a memo, don't use the word gift in a memo until we talk. This is how the IRS and how can I actually give something away? A $700 big birthday golf club, be in compliance with 
IRS laws and get the full $700 deduction on that if I if I actually do that. There's a there's a lot of case law around that. If you call it a gift, it doesn't matter any of that. They're going to limit that $700 off of the $25. Our questions are always how many gifts are here times 25 and that's the deduction. But now you can be um, your inquiry can be what actually took place and let's try and clean up our giving process and be in front of it so clients can experience 100% benefit on that, on things that they might deem as entertainment, help clients make the right decisions to save taxes, be in compliance with the law and make tax returns the way the IRS likes to see them. So we also minimize our, going into this time of more audits, we minimize our, our scope for audit and that's what we uh, minimize our scope for audit. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to kind of dovetail in a little bit about what the proactive nature and what we see on this side, just to kind of light bulb moment for, for somebody. But that's yeah. where we'll be. If you'd like to hear the whole in-depth uh, conversation, I'll teach at the AICPA conference on July 28th. Uh, again, the platform is called, uh, or this, the speech is called How Accounting Technology Broke Public Accounting. Just look for it on the AICPA Engage website and we'll uh, awesome. and you can register there. Thank you so much for it, for being on the show. And just like always, if you are an accountant and curious as to whether or not the IT is in compliance with things that are best practices and laws from the AICPA, the IRS, and all of the other fun acronyms, we do offer complimentary IT audits. To learn more, go to tech4accountants.net. And you can book a free audit from there. And Ford, thank you so much for being on the show and have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.